Hello and welcome to Horror Wars. My name is Lamont and I will be guiding you through this macabre dance of a show where two longtime friends fought horror movies against their inevitable remake. Please be aware that horror movies as a general rule of thumb have violence, gore, murder, rape, dismemberment, crazy practical effects and much more. Also, the hosts aren't versed in languages from around the world, so they may mess up some names and places here and there. If none of that bothers you, then get ready for a podcast like none other. This is Horror Wars. out there to all of our guys, gals, non-binary pals, spooky cuties, hair-raising homies, freaks, geeks, and anything in between with a butthole. I'm Rob. I'm Josh. And this is Horror Wars. We are the show that puts original horror movies against their remakes in an all-out war to determine which will reign supreme. We do this with a series of scores that we give to one or the other to see which one comes out on top. This week we have the Hitcher from 1986 versus The Hitcher from 2007. Not only that, but we also have multiple segments throughout the show as well. Death Peddling is where we discuss current events going on in the world of horror, provided by MacabreDaily.com, and sometimes news about us too. Horror Club is where we review a horror film book club style, and we'll provide a bit of background before we give a grading of pass, rent, or buy. This week, we take a look at I Know What You Did Last Summer from 1997. Hell yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. And then we get into our list of doom, where we discuss the episode's top five. This episode, our list is top five highway horrors. Then we follow that with the horrors of gaming, where we talk about horror-related games. On this episode, we're discussing Until Dawn. Finally. Yes. And then finally, we close up shot for the episode, giving you our bloopers in a segment called Even the Dead Laugh. So let's get into it. Death peddling. We begin the show by wetting your macabre loving black heart with news and events in the realm of horror that are important to the week we're recording. Also, every now and again, we'll have something to say regarding the host. But don't worry, it's not very often. We really hate talking about ourselves. Hello, I'm Gail Hailstorm, author of the book You're Dead, I'm Rich. A small college town is in shock after the unthinkable has happened. A brutal killing spree that left one teen dead, that's it. Two teens dead, and this small town, shaken and stirred. It's times like these. Police are combing the area for clues. It seems there are no witnesses available at this time. There are no suspects in custody. Police are asking anyone to come forward. Report live for Black TV. White folks are dead, we're getting the fuck out of here. Let's roll down. Let's go, motherfucker. And welcome to the news portion of our show, brought to you by MacabreDaily.com. Today, we have three articles from them, and then we're going to kind of just talk about something that we've been wanting to talk about. So, I'm going to kick it off today, and with the first article, it is, Watch the very bloody red band trailer for The Toxic Avenger now. Ahead of its West Coast premiere at the Beyond Fest on September 30th, IGN has debuted the teaser trailer for Legendary Entertainment's The Toxic Avenger. Eyewitness Toxie, as the Red Band teaser is designated, can be watched on macabdaily.com. 
Written and directed by Megan Blair, The Toxic Avengers, a contemporary reimagining of Troma Entertainment's 1984 cult classic of the same name created by Lloyd Kaufman. This film features a stellar ensemble led by Peter Dinklage in the title role that includes Jacob Tremblay, Taylor Page, Julia Davis, Johnny Coyne, Elijah Wood, and Kevin fucking Bacon. What a cast. Dude. What a fucking cast. Woods' makeup transformation into villainous <laughs> Fritz Garbinger set the internet ablaze when it was revealed last week, with Blair describing the look as sort of riffraff from the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the Danny DeVito Penguin mixed together. <laughs> Which is super fucking accurate. Watch the Toxic Avenger Red Band trailer on the site by Samuel Santiago. <clears throat> Bro, the way his character looks. Dude, it is so fucking goofy, <laughs> but I love it. I can't no, wait. It, it works. I can't wait. Um, real quick, if you guys hear this random bird chirping in the background of the episode, we are not at Josh's house. Yeah. Uh, we are actually inside where I'm at, but the window's open. <laughs> So, yeah, a little bit of horror tube. With you get a little horror, horror tube with, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, as of note, uh, in the background, we also have live audience member today. Yes. And it Woo! is it is former Riffing on Horror co-host, Steve. So, yeah, we got a little bit of old school with yep. your new school today. Yep. Um, now, sir, why don't we go ahead and get into the second article? So, Max, or what used to be HBO Max. Yep. Uh, reveals House of Halloween Hub with all things scary to watch in one place. Spooky season is fast approaching, and Max has you covered in horror from head to toe. Max has rolled out a brand new interactive spotlight page on the streaming platform called House of Halloween. Oh, wow. Uh, the premier hub on the Max streaming platform will be the main stop for anyone seeking scary movies, sweet treats, costume inspiration, or something to give them nightmares. House of Halloween, which is now live on Max, is an interactive page that uses your favorite characters to guide you through through sheesh, curated <laughs> lists of Halloween movie shows and related content. Some of the categories that viewers can find will include Sweet Treat, which features the likes of Coraline, which we talk about mm-hmm. a lot, and the Halloween Cookie Challenge, Scary But Not Scary Scary, <laughs> which includes HBO hits like The Last of Us and True Blood. Wow, that's a throwback. Mm-hmm. Plus, Haunt Your Dreams, which is where you can find The Exorcist and Evil Dead Rise. I like that. So it's got like a yep. tier of like super scariness, which is what yep. we've always kind of talked about. Yep. It's dope. Uh, Max has previously had an interactive Halloween program block in years past, but this year marks the first time that the Discovery content is also streaming on the platform as well. As a result, tons of ghost-related and paranormal series from Discovery and Travel Channel are available to stream this October, including Ghost Adventures, Conjuring... Kesha? Yeah, Conjuring. Yep. And uh, new seasons of Jack Osborne's Night of Terror and more. The HBO original horror series 30 Coins will also return for its second season, premiering on October 23rd. So, not that far away. Nope. For an entire list of everything not mentioned here, please visit macabdaily.com and look for the name of this article by Samuel Santiago. Yeah, Samuel Santiago. That sounds dope. It does. I'm looking forward to going on to Max because once I when I was checking this out and everything I didn't go to Max yet but I'm looking forward to it because I like how they handle their hubs that on sounds that amazing. app and it does sound like it's a very well thought out you know algorithm I'm sure that there's some movies that are going to connect to different layers right. and stuff as well so that's going to be pretty cool and then for the final macabdaily.com article the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs renewed for an epic sixth season. 
Joe Bob Briggs is a very big name in horror, so um, he's had longevity since like the 90s. Wanted to give him a big shout out here because he he's been doing it for a while. So here's how the article goes. You know him, you love him, you can't get enough of him. Shudder recently announced the renewal of The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs for its sixth season, and it's going to be bigger than ever. Joe Bob Briggs was originally known for hosting Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater and Monster Vision until The Last Drive-In was later developed in 2018. From the press release. Shudder, AMC Network's premium streaming service for horror, thrillers, and the supernatural, announced that it renewed its hit original series, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, for a supersized sixth season. The expanded season will record a record number of more than 30 titles, starting with a series of seasonal specials and then transitioning to a new schedule beginning in March of 2024. The show concluded its fifth season on July 21st, with each new episode trending in the top 10 nationally on Twitter every Friday night. The sixth season kicked off this month with the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon special on September 15th, featuring special guest Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead. This season will also feature two Halloween-themed specials in October, a holiday special in December, and a Valentine's Day special in February. Then beginning in March of 2024, Shutter will roll out the new schedule of Joe Bob's signature movie watch parties every Friday night, featuring single titles and surprises. As everyone knows, you should never invite me into your home because I always show up. Shutter has graciously invited me back to stick around for a six-year, and I intend to use that kindness to haunt your phones, laptops, big-screen TVs, with the most ghastly examples of perversity in the history of cinema, said Joe Bob Briggs, plus a few old jokes and some celebrity guests who will still return our phone calls. Put it all together, and that spells partay. We're delighted to bring Joe Bob, Darcy, and the rest of the Last Drive-In team back for its biggest season yet of crazy scary and scary crazy movies and specials. With the most entertaining commentary on TV, said AMC Network's Executive Vice President of Streaming, Courtney Tamasama. Tamasama? Yeah, I think so. Uh, hey. Joe Bob will be hosting more movie nights than any previous season, and we can't wait to continue the Friday night party with our Shutter family. On the last drive-in, Briggs, the world's foremost drive-in movie critic and eclectic for eclectic horror movies, talking about their merits, histories, and significance to genre cinema. cinema. Woof, that was rough. Hey, By, you did a fantastic job. <laughs> By Jamie Dixon. For more horror news, reviews, articles, interviews, and so much more, visit macabdaily.com today and every day. They are the dark side of pop culture. Very nice. Very nice indeed, mate. (laughs) Now, why don't we get into a little bit more of a relaxed talk here? Because uh, there was some news revealed on Friday. Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Uh, Ed Boon took to X... One of the co-creators of Mortal Kombat, for those who don't know. And um, I don't remember what the picture, like, full-on was, uh, but I believe it's in our messenger, right? Oh, yeah. It's uh, the one that I think that I sent you. It was Ed Boon on Twitter, and he had put up a picture of a couple horror movie icons. You know, it's like a, a portrait. Mm-hmm. And it features uh, Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers, Pinhead, Chucky, Ghostface, and Billy the Puppet from Saul. Yep. And it has check marks across the characters that have been in other Mortal Kombat games. So Freddy yep. Krueger, Leatherface, and Jason have all been in a Mortal Kombat game. So yep. the only ones we haven't from that are Pinhead, Michael Myers, Billy the Puppet, Chucky, and Ghostface. Mm-hmm. 
And it was just a bunch of question marks over them. And then Rob also solved this. Um, so in the the post that he said that he um, – what the hell was it that he actually said? I don't remember. I, I, cut it, I cut it off and I think you did too. But basically he was saying we have some more tricks up our sleeves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how are you guys thinking about wanting more horror movie characters mm-hmm. in the game? And – both Josh and I are like going crazy over it because, of course, horror is our favorite genre. Oh yeah. Um, and the fact that they actually had Ghostface and Billy the Puppet mm-hmm. right next to each other, Josh brought it up and was like, "Yo, that's fucking dope. yeah, it's pretty cool." Because it's both of our favorite horror franchises. In case anybody didn't know, but uh, I feel like Ghostface fits more for Mortal Kombat than any of the. I mean, Pinhead I think good, but Ghostface. Pinhead, yeah. Because Pinhead's got a lot of fucking crazy magical mm-hmm. powers. And with the fucking the lament box and with all that shit, the chains that he could make happen, he could call a Cenobite or something, like Hellfire things. Yep. Pinhead really, to me, feels like he would be the best. And when it comes to Billy the Puppet, I wouldn't put Billy in. And you agreed with me on that one. Uh, Pigface. Yeah. Pigface would be a better fit for this game because you could do some crazy shit with Pigface yeah. too. Yes, Stephanie. I think Pinhead has more options, mm-hmm. but Ghostface would be a lot more fun because he'd be a quick yes. jabber like Luke Kang is. Yeah, Ghostface would be like fantastic oh, in yeah. the game. Those are my three that I yeah. would be like. I don't think Chucky fits. And I don't. They already had Jason, so Michael wouldn't fit. Really, I, it's kind of the same thing. Unless you want to do two stu- two doofuses stabbing each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then you can. Then you could do that. Uh, but yeah. I think when it, for me, for me personally, no, when it I comes to it, Pinhead, Pigface, Ghostface, yep. those would be the three best options for horror movie characters to be in Mortal Kombat. Yep. Um, but I think also one time previously, I mentioned Pumpkinhead as well. Yes. Pumpkinhead would also be super, I think we did that on Horror Tube. I believe so, yes. Yeah. So, needless to say, how are you, how are you feeling about him wanting to put more horror movie characters in. And remember, you're the one that actually told me before the movie, before the movie, the game came out, that they were, Ghostface was potentially a leak. Yeah, uh, a super long time ago, before Mortal Kombat 1 came out. It was right after they dropped the um, the first combat pack, the Homelander, Omni-Man, all them. Yeah. It was right after that, someone on Twitter put it up, and it looked like Ghostface yeah. was in one of the squares for the yeah. character select. So that's looking more and more like Ghostface is going to be in the next one, which... I'm happy for so yeah. yeah yeah at least one of ours gets to be in it yeah and yours fits so much better again if they were to choose Pigface I think Pigface yeah. would fit just a just a little bit better than Ghostface and you know the the puppet is, just wouldn't even look right the puppet could be something that Pigface uses yeah, there you go that you know what I mean like like how the in um what was it uh Mortal Kombat 11 how yeah. the Joker used like yeah. Bom- uh, the bombs, bombs and the stuff, stuff. yeah. So you you do, do Billy the Puppet like that. You just yeah. fucking do something and he drives through and knocks somebody over or some well, shit. Hell, the, the character Aaron Black used bear traps. I mean, yeah, yeah, boom. exactly. So they, they have the fucking assets for it. Yeah, they can do it. it was just two characters as one. Right, exactly. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yes. Hopefully, we have some more news coming up about that soon because Ed Boon's not one to tease and then not deliver. Oh, so, yeah, dude, and he's, like, super yeah. active on Twitter. He's yeah. talking to content creators like crazy on Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's insane. So, all right, that's pretty much what we have for the news portion today. And there's the news. Yeah. <laughs>
the war, the reason everyone's here. This is the main segment of our show. We put a horror film against its remake. We go stat for stat, financials, facts, where to watch, synopsis, cast, and everything in between. Afterwards, we grade them both on a scorecard, we tally up those results, and we see who wins the day. You never checked it, did you? So help me, I'll blow you in half. All right. Squeeze the trigger. I will. Oh, I will. Because you can sure as shit bet I'm going to squeeze mine. And welcome to the war. <laughs> As with every episode, we're going to tell you where we get all of our glorious information from. We source pieces from Wikipedia, IMDb, Just Watch, and Rotten Tomatoes mainly. Sometimes we have to dig a little deeper, but we shout out where we get that info from when applicable. Also, when we give the information on where to watch these films, please keep in mind that they may not be available on those services by the time you may listen to the episode. So please head to Just Watch for all your viewing needs. With that being said, let's break down how we go about scoring these movies to determine our winner. We go through the stats, the crew, the cast, the runtime, and everything in between to get our results. At the end, we would discuss our reasoning and where we place points and why in a series of 11 categories. They are acting, directing, writing slash plot, killer or killers, casting, soundtrack, gore and kills, pacing, time period, environment, and finally, the ending. And as Lamont said in the intro of the segment, we tally up our individual scores, combine them, and the one with the highest score wins the day. Out of that, we send it off to all of you and let you vote in our poll on Instagram after every episode is posted. Now that all that is out of the way, it's time for the war. Still so glorious hearing Ozzy's forgetful notes. Oh, yes. <laughs> After wanting to put that song into the show for so long, I'm glad we're finally doing it. Same. Yeah. So, on today's episode, we're doing The Hitcher versus The Hitcher. Um, it's going to be a very different kind of episode, I think. So, what did I say What it was earlier before we started recording? It was... Hey, can I borrow yeah. your homework? Mm-hmm. Sure, but just change it so that way it's not the same. Yep. Um, I have a couple of very key things to say. Okay. And for me to remember that, I'm going to take the remake yep. today because the things that I want to talk about involve the remake. So that's going to just make things easier for me to remember. Um, and then you're going to take the OG. I actually want to... This is some but, not butterfly effect kind of stuff, but it's crazy because a couple... A weeks ago, before, well, before you told me what we were doing for the episode, before I asked you, yeah. a couple of weeks before that, 
my dad actually was giving me like, oh, here's what you guys could do for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And he brought this up and he showed me the trailer Mm -hmm. for the original. And I kind of forgot about it. And when you said the Hitcher versus the Hitcher, I was like, why does that sound so fucking familiar? Mm -hmm. And when I finally started watching, I was like, oh my God. This is what my dad recommended. It's kind of crazy that, you know. That's fucking dope. Yeah. So I have the original, the Hitcher. With a runtime of an hour and 37 minutes. Sweet spot. Uh, it's got a, the release date of February 21st, 1986. Mm-hmm. It was produced by, oh boy, David Bomke? Boink? How the fuck Look, do you say that? Uh, Bombic? I guess. I don't know. B-O-M-B-Y-K. Yeah. There you hey, go. look, Lamont says in the beginning of every episode that we are not versed in yep. languages from around the world and how to pronounce names. So, so our that, bad. So that person and Kip... Omen? I'm, I'm, I'm uh, no, it looks like Oh Man. Oh Man. <laughs> oh Man. Uh, <laughs> the production companies for HBO Pictures and Silver Screen Partners. The budget was $7.9 million U.S. dollars. And at the box office, it flopped and made yep. $5.8 million U.S. Yep. dollars. Uh, the screenplay was by Eric Red, directed by Robert Harmon. Cinematography by John Seal, or Seely. Uh, edited by Frank, oh boy, Frank J. Roste? Sure. Hey, that sounds good to me, man. Uh, music by Mark Isham. Where to watch? Currently, you're able to watch The Hitcher streaming on DirecTV and Cinemax. And I think on YouTube. I think someone just uploaded the whole movie just, on their channel. Yep, yeah, you know, sometimes that happens, so, yep. yeah. Uh, ratings. A 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. IMDb. Mm-hmm. A 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. And a 78% on Just Watch Do. Just Watch. <laughs> the plot. On a stormy night, young Jim, who transports a luxury car from Chicago to California to deliver it to its owner, feeling tired and sleepy, picks up a mysterious hitchhiker who has appeared out of nowhere, thinking that a good conversation will help him not fall asleep. He will have enough time to deeply regret such an unmediated decision. Meditated, whatever. It looks like mediated. Unmediated. But yeah. either way, that's not, yeah, that's not a word that I would have put there. Uh, yeah, uh, related media. The Hitch at Two. I've been waiting. 2003. I did not know how to sequel. Dude, and the same guy that played uh, whatever his name is. John Ryder? No. Or the, the main character. Halsey, I think. Whatever, the main character. The guy that screams like a bitch throughout the whole fucking movie. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, C. Thomas Howe? C. Thomas Howe. He's playing the same character okay, gotcha. in the sequel. Gotcha. It's just another fucking random roadside killer that's apparently the the power has, of the devil. Has, oh, what? Oh, my God. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's whatever. Anyway. Uh, the trivia. There were 20 more on IMDb. Number one. Rucker Howard did a lot of the stunt driving throughout the movie, which amazed the crew and even the real stunt drivers. Holy shit. I wish <laughs> I... If it was during that police chase, holy oh, shit. Oh, man. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, number two. C. Thomas Howell admitted that he act- he was actually afraid of Rutger Hauer on and off the set because of Howard's general intensity. Good. I mean, yeah. Yeah, his fucking eyes are dead. Uh, b- b- <sighs> number three. Uh, while performing the last bit of the windshield stunt, Rutger Howard knocked out one of his teeth with the shotgun he held in his hand. Damn. Wow. Yep. Number four. Future President George W. Bush served on the board of the company that lent money to HBO to finance this movie. During the 2000 presidential election, Bush critics used his involvement in the Hitcher 
1986, to discredit his stance on family values and his criticism of persuasive violence in Hollywood movies. Yep, that's huh. fucking wild. Huh. Because the part where he kills the family that had, like, the Christian stuff and everything. Oh, Jesus. They were using that against George W. Bush during the 2000 election. Wow. Yep. Yep. Number five. The Mexican direct-to-movie Deadly Road, 1993, a.k.a. Sendero Mortal, is a spinoff of this movie. Huh. Yeah. So, I'm surprised it wasn't a related media. Because it's a... Because it's... I looked it up. It's not... It's not part of the copyright. Oh, uh, okay. So it's basically something that most of the movies that we re- we do remake-wise here, actually all of them, they're copyrighted by pretty much the same people. They're the script for the same thing. This is just one of those ones where, like, how in India they created, like, their own version of Scream, mm. but it didn't have anything to okay. do with Scream. gotcha. Like, at all. Okay. This is the same thing. It's something that... That if you want to say, yeah, sure, it's related media, you can say that. But it's just loosely based off the script. It's loosely based off the stuff, and it's not really got anything to do with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Number six. Nash's gruesome death by being torn apart by the truck and trailer hitch was Rucker Howard's idea. The original script would have had Nash be crushed by the truck against the wall. But Howard convinced the director to go with his idea, arguing the audiences would be more disturbed by the sound of a revving energy after watching the scene. Damn, this dude should have worked on fucking on a Saw film. Yep. <laughs> uh, number seven. Screenwriter Eric Red wrote the original script with the character of John Ryder being based on Keith Richards, with Ryder originally being characterized as a skeletal, sickly throat cancer survivor with a voice box given, giving him an unnatural voice. <laughs> hmm. that, that just sounded crazy to me yeah. when I first read that. Number eight. The coach stops at Roy Motel and Cafe, which is a famous landmark on the old Route 66, now Interstate 40. It can be found in Amboy, California. It has been featured in many movies and documentaries. Number nine. Writer, producer, and director Christopher Nolan has listed this as one of his favorite movies. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, number ten. Screenwriter Eric Red said that this movie was inspired by the Door song, Riders on the Storm. Hmm. Never mm-hmm. heard of that song. Uh, cast: Rucker Howard as John Ryder, C. Thomas Howell as Jim Halsey, Jeffrey D. Munn as Captain Estridge, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee as Nash, John M. Jackson as Sergeant Star, Billy Greenbush as Trooper Donner, Jack Thibodeau, Thibau, sure as yep. Trooper Pre- uh, Preston. Sorry for messing up both names. Nope. <laughs> Harmon Shimmer. Wait, is that Shimmerman? Yeah, oh, Shimmerman. that's an off, yep. an awesome name. Uh, an interrogation sergeant. Yep. Gene Davis as Trooper Dodge, John Van Ness as Trooper Hapscomb, Henry Darrow as Trooper Hancock. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Epper as Trooper Connors, and Tom Sp- Spratley. Spratley. That's a cool Jesus. name as proprietor. God damn, what a fucking name Spratley is. Um, all right. Very so interesting names. That's going to lead us into my part The Hitcher. One hour twenty four minutes, hey, Woo. and it was, was hey. it was fast paced. Oh, yeah. It began and it ended very. And quickly. I was like, "All right, bet." January nineteenth, two thousand seven, was when it was released. Produced by Michael Bay, Andrew Form, Brad Fuller, Charles Meeker, and Alfred Haber. Production companies was Platinum Dunes and Intrepid Pictures. We did not include this in our Platinum Doom block that we did a while back. Mm-hmm. Because I honestly thought we were done with all the Platinum Dune horror remakes. Because Friday the 13th, 
um, Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. all those, they were part of that Platinum Doom, Dune remake block. Yep. I didn't know that the Hitcher was involved in that. So it was pretty cool when I found yeah. that out. Um, budget, $10 million U.S. dollars. Box office, $25.4 million. I'm kind of shocked. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, screenplay by Eric Brent. Uh, Burnett, Burnt, Burnt. Yep. Eric Red and Jake Wade Wall. They uh, they kind of copied it so much they had to give credit to the original guy, Eric Red. Well, wait until you hear okay. the uh, the stuff. Yeah, directed by Dave Myers, cinematography by James Hawkin Hawkinson, edited by Jim May, music by Steve Jablonski, which is the same dude that Michael Bay gets to do all the fucking horror remakes. And the- he's um, also produced like. Actual albums for people, too. Yeah. Like Creed and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty decent fucking producer. Where to watch? Currently able to watch The Hitcher streaming on Stars with subscription. It is also possible to rent or buy The Hitcher on DirecTV, Redbox, Apple TV, Amazon Video, Google Play Movies, YouTube, Vudu, and the Microsoft Store. Now, I want to say, I did watch this on Stars. It is leaving Stars October 2nd. So just in time, just in time. And that wasn't even on just watch. It was on the stars app through Mm. Amazon. It told me leaving in three days. So it's going to be Monday is the last day for it. Well, Monday is the day that it's leaving. So if you guys want to watch it, watch it this weekend. If not, our mateys, Mm -hmm. um, ratings, 5.6 out of 10 on MDBDBA, 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. 64% 64% on Just Watch do. Plot. A couple from college get caught in a dangerous game of cat and mouse with a psychopathic hitchhiker and the police after witnessing a murder and being framed. Related media? Not applicable. Trivia. No more on Imdibdaba. Wow. Number one. Sean Bean spent little time with his young co-stars, so as to distance their relationship and make himself seem more unknown and menacing, he believed this would drive the chemistry in a more realistic fashion. Number two, Rutger Hauer, who played the character of John Ryder in the original, was offered a cameo, but declined for artistic reasons. Hauer has since said in the press that he has yet to watch the remake, and according to some of his friends, he shouldn't bother. (laughs) Damn. Number three, Jessica Biel turned down the role of Grace Andrews while Britney Spears was considered for the same role. Number four, the song plays at the beginning of the movie, Move Along, by All American Rejects, is also in the TV show Sophia Bush is most known for, One Tree Hill. You know how much that shocked me to hear that yep. song right at the beginning. It is fucking crazy. Uh, number five, despite being credited, Eric Red did not work on the screenplay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> number six, the two main characters that survive in the original film, The Hitcher, 1986, Jim Halsey and Captain Estridge, are killed in this remake. Yep. Number seven, the bullet marks left on the back of John Ryder's, Sean Bean's, bulletproof vest after he is shot form an H for Hitcher. Nah, that's kind of whack. Whack. <laughs> Number eight. In the German dub of the movie, Sophia Bush gets dubbed by voice actress Juliana Jacobiet, while on One Tree Hill, it used to be Anne Helm for Brooke Davis. However, Jacobiet is also the German voice of Peyton Sawyer, Sophia Bush's on-screen best friend in One Tree Hill. So if you understood that, yep. good. Enjoy. Number nine. The movie that Grace is watching in the hotel near the end is The Birds, 1963. Number ten. The car Jim drives is an Oldsmobile 442. 
What a fact. What a fact. Um, yeah, there was really nothing on this fucking movie. Much like with most Platinum Dunes remakes, there <laughs> ain't shit. It's definitely a Michael Bay film. It's definitely a fucking Michael Bay film. They don't let shit slip about the production of it. I don't know why. Whatever. Um, the cast, much like <laughs> the original one, is very small, which I'm very thankful for today. For both of us. Mm-hmm. Sean Bean is John Ryder slash The Hitchhiker. Sophia Bush is Grace Andrews. Zachary Knighton as Jim Halsey. Neil McDonough as Lieutenant Estridge. Kyle Davis as Buford Store Clerk. Skip O'Brien as Harlan Brenner, Bremer Sr., Sheriff of Torrance County. Travis Schult, Schult yep. as Deputy Harlan Bremer Jr. Danny Bolero as Officer Edwards. Lauren Cohn as Marlene, Yara Martinez as Beth, Jeffrey Hutchinson as Young Father. Hmm. So. Very interesting films. <laughs> very interesting films. Let's go ahead and get into our <laughs> our little discussion here on both of them. Because, I'll, man, <laughs> I got some things to say about these fucking movies. All I can think about... Is just see Thomas Howe screaming in those in that movie, dude. See Thomas Howe has the most fucking sad and pathetic whiny scream I have ever heard a fucking dude let out in a horror movie. I thought he was one of the worst fucking actors I have ever seen oh. in a horror movie. Look, of course we knew there was going to be spoilers, but at the end where he's all like. Got soot all over his face and his hair's all puffed out and shit. He looked like a troll from the 1990s, dude. His face was just distorted looking. He looked weird. He looked like Legion from fucking uh, Charles Xavier's son. <laughs> like, my God, man. I. Anyway, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. wait, no. I was... He looks like the dude from that show that they just made a meme about where it's like, I'm a doctor, that guy. Oh, my God. He looks like him, doesn't he? Yes. Kinda? Yes. So. Look, we definitely need to get into. Yeah, I, yeah, I already just, yeah. I already said acting on me. I'm gonna give to the remake. I'm gonna give to the remake because Jesus fucking Christ, see Thomas Howe really. <laughs> Here's the thing. Look, <laughs> Sean Bean is good. I do prefer uh, Howard, but I, I, if you just compare it, yeah, remake, please. Yeah, yeah, because even Jennifer Jason Lee couldn't. Yeah, it was kind of rough. Her her southern we accent. We can't wake it. We can't open up now. We got forty five more minutes. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it was rough. Uh, there was a lot of very rough moments in the OG when it comes to acting. All I can think about is just the over the top ah, screaming. Ah, what yeah. a fucking puss. Anyway, mm. um, directing. It's hard for me because uh, I feel like they're kind of the same. But, but I'm of gonna, course, yeah, yeah, go, go. I was gonna say, but of course, with Platinum Dunes, you got the uh, the oversaturated dark colors. I was gonna say, I'm actually glad you said that because even the beginning sequence with them picking up, I'm just gonna say Sean Bean. Yeah, just a, so dark. I thought of the Dark Knight like movies, like it's mm-hmm. so dark. It's like, did they not have light fixtures to film yeah. this fucking movie? Yeah, they just, I almost feel like they just made it look grittier and darker. They did the typical remake shit around yeah. that time, where yeah. it was just let's just give it a little bit of darkness or the, the sepia color, yep. and then just make it way too edgy. Yep. So I don't know. I, even though the one film is even shorter, which I guess can tie the pacing as well. For me, I'm gonna give it the directing for. Original, because you got a little bit more 
movie, I guess, to make it a little less confusing. Because to me, remake feels like they just took out like you know we always try to say like let take out an extra ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's what they did for this film, but they just actually just took out like they hard cut in the middle of the film. It was weird. No, see, I don't feel that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm gonna give the directing to the remake because I like oh. the fact that it's so fast paced the whole movie. The remake yeah. just goes right from the fucking door and it does not stop. It is one of those movies where you the way that they did it, I was even impressed with both both movies about how the cops weren't idiots. Yes. The the one major cop believed that these kids weren't going to yeah. be capable of it in the remake and the one cop believed that the dude wasn't going to be yep. capable of it in the original. So, shout out to that, because mm-hmm. most horror movies make cops just be... Uh, like a goofy security guard from right, a comedy or just, show. Or, or they don't want to listen to you, yeah. they don't want to believe you, they don't give a fuck no matter what. No. Uh, you're always the one that's in the wrong, yada yada, whatever. So, shout out to this movie no. for actually having one cop that's like, yeah, they didn't do that. Um, but also, if you think about it, I, I brought this up earlier, it's crazy to think that John Ryder in both films is like, the dude from Terminator Two yeah. that's chasing after yeah. him. It's like holy and shit. Also, I didn't um I didn't write this down, but if you paid attention to the last five or six minutes of the original Hitcher, the music that's playing is mm. dun 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 dun. Is it really? Oh shit. Dun 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 dun. But it's got different music yeah. going along with it. But when I heard that dun 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 mm. dun dun, I was like, they really did make this motherfucker the Terminator. Yep. They really did. Like you gotta be fucking shitting my dick right now. Yep. Like, shout out to Morbid. Um, <laughs> but, so I give it to uh, Remake for directing for me. Um, because I like the tight shots. I liked how quick it was. I liked how everything was. So that's why I did that. Now, for rating slash plot, what do you what do you feel like giving it? <sighs> it's, it's tough. Because the plot for me seems, for the remake, super, like, cliche. You know, we're going on spring break. And then everything just goes bad from there. When... It felt like the original had a little bit fresher of a plot because it's a, it's a hitchhiker, which, you know, plenty of times people have yep. in the 70s and 80s. That was, you know, high calls of deaths back then. So yep. seeing a film, a horror film talk about that, it's pretty fresh. Yep. You yep. know what I mean? I, that was new to me, this whole genre and, of hitchhiker horror. And the fact that it was just a regular dude transporting a car, yep. a, a, a walkaway car. like And that still happens today. Yep. People will buy cars and then have other people drive them to them. Like, it's still something that goes on. Uh, so you're going to give the writing to the OG? Is that what you were saying? Yes. Okay, because I don't... Yeah, Because yeah, did you have more to say? No, that was it. Okay. I'm going to give it to OG as well, too, simply based off of what you said. The writing and the plot for the original one was much better than, will my friends like you? Yeah. Or will you like my friends? Because mm-hmm. that's what it was. Um, I think that if they took the plot of the dude taking the car to California yeah. and his girlfriend was his co-rider yep. to keep him awake, that would have been fucking yep. perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so yeah, we're both going with OG on that one. Um, killer. Here's, here's where it gets difficult. Okay. So as much as I like, uh, Sean Bean, I keep, I keep forgetting the name. Rucker Hauer. But... He looked like a genuine... I don't know why. He gave me the serial killer vibes. Right. Especially in that opening scene where he's in the car. It's yeah. like... it. You could feel the tension just off of him. I mean, the overacting from C. Thomas Howell was fucking poop. Oh, yeah. Jesus but Christ. 
I didn't even really pay attention to him. I was so focused on John Ryder yeah. that I, I believed it for a second. I was like, this dude could probably really be a fucking psychopath. <laughs> With like, I do like Sean Bean and everything, but I just, I don't know. I've seen him in so many films. It's just weird to not see him as like the dude from Lord of the Rings. And I don't know. It's just too too grungy for me. It's too much of uh, uh, the Batman, the oh, where's the Barton? That right. kind of shit to me. Right. So yeah. Um. Now for me. I 1,000% see where you're saying about Rucker Hauer. Okay. 1,000. I just think the way Sean Bean comes off without the English accent... Oh, yeah. ...is scary and weird in its own way. It's jarring. It's weird. Mm. But that's also, like, to me, how good of an actor he is. Because he can pull off, like, this weird fucking vibe character... Mm. And make you feel weird while he's doing it. But you don't feel weird that it's like, oh man, this John Ryder guy is weird. It's yeah, just yeah. weird hearing Sean Bean <laughs> with an English accent. Or with a with an American accent. I liked more how they... Because uh, I was looking more into the movies and apparently both John Ryders are supposed to be the embodiment of just like the worst luck possible or wrong place, wrong time or this or that. And, and they're not saying that he's a demonic entity, but they're saying that he's like some sort of manifestation. He's not a real being in both movies. They do that. It's kind of like, um, the dude from no country from old men. Yeah. How they kind of had that kind of same thing for that character. So yeah, literally. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, I want to give it to, Rucker Hauer for... Apples and oranges, dude. Right, I mean, but they're, they're, I also... Sean Bean, there was something about the way that he did that for me that was just like, boom, right there. It, yeah. Something hit about it. So you gave it to OG, and I'm going to give it to Remake. Um, also, you guys and gals may not notice this, but Josh and I are doing our scoring a little bit oh, differently. Yeah. We're not doing our own scores and then reading them off anymore. I'm actually scoring them as we have our discussion. So we felt like it made things flow a lot better mm-hmm. when we started doing it last episode. And I think Josh is right. Like, we, we can keep doing this because I like how this is going. Because some of the older episodes, it was kind of just like, I give the remake. I give it the remake. I give right. the original. I give the remake. Right. And it just, it was just, it didn't feel like we discussed any part right. of, like, the main part of the show. Right. So. But just as we say, the show's always evolving. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is proof. Like, we've been doing it since episode 40 with the, the segments and with mm-hmm. this and with that. But now here we are, episode 52. And just last episode, we added this kind of touch. But today we're refining yep. it a bit more, you know. So it's it's really, it's cool. I really love how we keep evolving Same. things. Even after 50 fucking episodes. <laughs> yep. You know. Um, so for casting. <sighs> <laughs> I don't do that. That's probably the toughest one. I unfortunately, I I'm. It's not tough for me. It's, I'm gonna give it to the original. Okay. All right. I think that Howard carries hard, but something about that character is so charming to me, like the way that he portrayed uh, that character. Right. Um. I think the casting for the remake was all around better for everything um for which one for the remake okay the remake i think rucker hauer to me was like the main part yeah. of the first one of of the oj 
if you could take Rucker Hauer and put him into the remake and then have yeah. the story of transporting the car across country, that to me would be the perfect Hitcher movie. Because yeah. Rucker Hauer was so good to me in the OG, but I just if you, if you would just put him in with the fucking remake kids, because they didn't do bad. Oh, C. No, Thomas no. Howe was just uh, like... Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only reason. I like uh, Rucker Hauer. That's his name, right? Yeah, Rucker yeah. Hauer, yeah. I, and you hate C. Uh, C. Thomas Howe in that, so it's like we're right. both focusing on either on, on right. one focal point, so right. yeah. it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I give it to the remake. Uh, right. You know, it is what it is. I do agree with you, though. Right, right. Um, we already said before the episode started that this was going to be a different one. Yeah. You know, um, Soundtrack. I give it to remake, dude. Right. Like it's got so many. Like, yep. When bangers. you can when you can bust out with "I wanna fuck you like an animal" out of nowhere, nine inch nails randomly in there. Yeah, it was definitely a Michael Bay film. It was one thousand, and then you bring, then you begin the movie with Sophie Bush's fucking "Move Along" from All American Rejects. You know, my jaw dropped. I was like, I cannot. I haven't heard that song in so right. long, dude. Right. Yeah, that was and. What fucked me up was like, I was like, I know this song. Mm-hmm. Why do I know this song? And then when I was doing the script, I was like, oh, that's yeah. why I know the song. Um, gore and Kill. I'm going to give the remake because, yeah. hey, we actually got to see the the double, the the truck part. The truck part. Because it did a fade to black Oof. in the original. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that hard. Don't do else. that. Yeah. If you're going to be R-rated. Yeah, for real. And you're going to, if because both hitchers were R-rated. Yeah. If you're going to be R-rated, do it the fucking right way. Don't like, shy away from shit. Like, a majority of the kills in that film, they're, they're about the same, but I, we didn't get to see the, the truck. I think a lot of the original one, the kills were done off-scene. A couple of them, like, it would it would be, like, after. It was, yeah. like, a couple of the cops they shoot. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, it was pretty much off-screen or yeah. fade the blacks and stuff like yep. that. Um, I, of course, agree with you, Remake, because of the fact that we... Did get to see the truck. the truck scene, and we got to see all of it in its glory. I thought it was really well done. I also enjoyed some of the kills that we actually did get to see, like with the fucking handcuff mm-hmm. and him doing the throat, and they focused on that shit. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, makes God. the collar burn, bone yeah, hurt right now. Yeah, about yeah, it. it was that was brutal. That was much more brutal than the OG because, like we said, the OG one, a lot of them were done off screen. So. um yeah, we both gave it to the remake there. Pacing. I'm going to give it the remake just because, like... Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I mean, it, it's definitely a popcorn flick. If yeah. you wanted to, That's why I watched it last, because yeah. I saw the runtime, and I was like, I can get through this. One sitting, don't fast. even got to fast forward. Yep. Uh, there, there was nothing that I was like, man, I don't want to watch this right now. Yeah. It was... I, I agree with you. It was over in the blink of an eye. Seriously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Um, that's beyond our sweet spot right there. Yeah. And it was just go, go, go. So, yeah, time period. I'm going to say, again, I'm going to say original because that was definitely more prevalent right. back in the the later decades, the right. 70s and 60s and right. all that when hitchhiking was more of a thing. Yep. Um, I also will give it to the OG, even though... I could understand the highway right now, somebody being broken down and needing a ride. Very true. Because that's what they did with yeah. the remake. Yeah. So, 
because Sean Bean's character, that was mm. one of the big differences. They went and he went into the convenience store yeah. while they were there getting gas. Yeah. And then they, you know, the, the store clerk was like, oh, you must have hit him when he was on the side of the road needing a ride, you know, because his car, quote unquote, yeah. broke down. Yeah. So I could see that being in today yeah. mixed in with the going cross country, finding somebody like yeah. that. That to me feels like it would be a really good fucking movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I also give it with the with the OG, though, because the hitchhiker portion, as you said, that was definitely a 70s, 80s thing mm-hmm. that definitely fit there. So, boom, OG for that one. Environment. Oh, man. See, th- this is what sucks that we can't tie. Right. Oh, because you, you think both environments fit. They, they both fit. I mean, they both make sense. Right. One's college college peeps going on you know to spring break to meet up with their friends yep other one is just a dude transporting a car so it, yep. it they both make sense because it's hard because they're just yep. on a highway for a majority of the fucking film or on a road of some sort yep so i i don't know gonna, uh, original because you can see it more okay and it's not as dark shaded i guess um you know i'll go with that too because the original you can actually when the colors are there, they're there. Yeah. You know, because there's more of the mountain stuff. There's more, you know, mm-hmm. all that type of thing. I enjoyed that aspect of it more because I always like horror set in daytime. Yeah. And then horror set in daytime with a fucking sadistic ass Rucker Hauer running after you. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty horrifying. Um, the ending. They're the same thing. I guess it'll But depends. they're not. They're not. I know because they, like we said in the thing. This you know. is this is what I wanted to talk about. Okay, in the ending to the remake, they made him so much more fucking brutal in the remake. Yeah. And in the remake, he didn't survive, but the girlfriend did. Yeah. And you mean to tell me that he's just gonna get up and walk away, knowing that she's got a fucking shotgun? Mm. He's just going to turn his back on her so she can shoot him three times in the fucking back. And then he's going to just lay on the ground and say, feels good, doesn't it? I don't, I don't feel a thing. thing. And then shoots him. What the fuck? At least in the original one, he had a fight. There was a real like, I'm going to still come at you even though I'm fucking dying. Yep. I'm not going to turn my back. They made him still be a sadistic bitch towards the end. That, to me, is the fucking difference. I hated, I fucking hated the remake's ending. If you could take that ending and shove it up Michael Bay's ass, I would do it. Because fuck that ending. I feel that passionately about it. They made him such a fucking badass in that movie. Just for him to turn around and walk the fuck away... And that is a point what? I was going to make because I'm equally as annoyed because they made it seem like he was recruiting them to be like right. like his protege or something. Like, feels good, doesn't it? What? What the fuck? What I, the fuck was uh, that? And like you said, like as much as you don't like see Thomas Howe and all that, I do like the way that the ending went. After the fight, after it was said and done, he walks over and he just stands there and catches his breath. That whole segment was actually, yeah. to me... One of the best shots I've seen for yeah. a, a movie like that. Yep. And now Fantastic if they would have if they would have done that with Sophie Bush yep. and Sean Bean, that would have made a great fucking movie. Because I I'd give a fuck less yeah. who survives in the movie. I'd give a fuck less if they gave it to a final girl. The yeah, movie was done yeah. well. Yep. I just wish at the end of the fucking remake he wasn't such a puss. 
to fucking turn around while she's got this fucking shotgun. You've been running at these motherfuckers the whole movie. Why won't you just like run and slide and give her a fucking uppercut and shoot her in the fucking head? You did You're all, the Terminator. Yeah, you did all this and then you, you just give up? Yeah. Like, or you could, they can make the argument of like the corny ass excuse of like, oh, well, I'm just proving she doesn't have the guts. And then, it, but it's, it's still lame. It's, it's still just, fucking lame. It's just so just vanilla ass ending. Yep. It's just a weird turn for someone that was like the dude from Terminator. Yep. It, it's fucking crazy. So yeah, I definitely give the ending to the original. All right, cool. Because yeah, dude, I, I agree. I was so pissed off about that, man. Poop, poop, poop. All right, so I'm tallying the scores right now. OG has 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Wow, we ended in a fucking tie. For real? 11, 11, dude. Wow. We ended it high. We got to high five it. And we were so we, opposite. Wow. Weird. Wow, we ended 11, 11. This is a, it's a rough, it's a rough one. Mm-hmm. Because both of them are so divisive in, in the way that they handle things. We didn't really talk about the differences in the plots, like the diners and the this mm-hmm. and the that. You know, we talked about the differences in the overall plot. Yeah. But there was a lot of nuances yeah. that we didn't talk about. Either way, both movies, I think, deserve a watch. 100%. I think both movies are underrated. I don't yep. hear talk about them. Yep. I think both of them are, to me, at least in a six or above category when it comes to if you're going to mark them one to ten. Okay. They're both better than mids. Not much better, right. but better than mids. And especially for me, the remake is a little bit because of the fast-paced nature of it, because of right. how it just keeps going. So, wow, 11-11. That's crazy. Um, we haven't had a tie like that in a while, so... Normally, it's just all of, like, we just pick one movie. You know, right. We usually just go, like, all right. remake or something, but that that's crazy. Yep. Yep. So, I guess at this point, we're going to leave it off to all of you and mm-hmm. vote on the polls, because the last episode, actually, the... Uh, what the hell was last episode? Uh, Wreck and Quarantine. Wreck and Quarantine. Quarantine won our poll. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, Quarantine won our poll. Uh, from what it seemed like, a lot of people didn't know that Wreck existed. Really? Yes. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, glad to make You're it welcome. known that there was a original to Yeah, hey. That's quarantine. the point of this. Yeah, exactly. So... so yeah, either the show way. worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't want to say worked, because that would imply that our work is done. True. The show is working. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Suck on that, bitches. We're working. Horror Club. Each episode, we pick a film that complements the war. We then review it under a series of categories and ultimately tell you whether we think you should pass, rent, or buy. Hi there. Nice to see you. We think it's time for you to sit back, relax, hang out, smoke something, and vibe. Let's get into the horror club. <laughs> that was the first time I wrote anything for the beginning. Nice. It's going to get better. Movie name, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Release date, October 17th, 1997. Runtime, one hour, 39 minutes. Budget, $17 million. 
Box office, $125.3 million. Mm. Production Jeez. company, Mandalay Entertainment, produced by Neil H. Moritz, Eric Feige, or Feige, and Stokely Chaffin. What a fucking name. Cool name. Screenplay by Mr. Scream himself, Kevin Williamson. Directed by Jim Gillespie. Cinematography by Dennis Crossan. Edited by Steve Merkovich. Music by John Debney. And the plot. After four high school friends are involved in a hit-and-run road accident, they dispose of the body and vow to keep the incident a secret. A year later, they each start receiving anonymous letters bearing the warning, I know what you did last summer. Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie James, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Helen Shivers, Ryan Felipe as Barry Cox, Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray Bronson, Bridget Wilson as Elsa Shivers, Anne Heche as Melissa Missy Egan, Muse Watson as Ben Willis, the fisherman, John Galecki as Max Nurarik, which I think that's a dude from the Big Big Bang Theory, isn't it? I I hate the Big Bang Theory. I don't know. Same. Right. Uh, <laughs> Stuart Greer as Officer. Best yes. character in the whole Best movie. character. Officer. Must read film fact. Prior to Scream 1996, Williamson was approached to adapt Lois Duncan's source novel by producer Eric Fage. Where Williamson's screenplay for Scream contained prominent elements of satire and self-referentility, his adaption of I Know What You Did Last Summer reworked the novel's central plot to reassemble a straightforward 1980s-era slasher film. After the success of Scream, the film was rushed into production. Hell yeah, it was. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because it came out like six fucking months later. Really? So, Holy yeah. shit. I think in the the intro I'm going to talk about, mm-hmm. like, the talking points, because we do it for the war as well, like how we break that mm-hmm. down. I just wanted to throw that in there. Okay. Like, I'm just thinking on the fly here. So for the talking points of this, for our little book club-esque review that we do, we discuss acting, directing, writing slash plot, killer, casting, soundtrack, gore slash kills, and pacing. Some of those sound familiar because they come from the war. Mm -hmm. Um, We think that this is a good way to score things, so that way we can give you the grading of a pass, run, or buy. So why don't we go ahead and start talking about this. Um, The acting. I mean, mean, look at the cast. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a little hammy. You know, yeah. Tell me what you want. But um, I think that it was very, very late 90s. Yeah. The late 90s of it all was just oozing on the fucking screen. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe, Freddie Prinze Jr. Jesus fucking Christ. That's around the, the time of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all that. Buffy, yeah. uh she's all that the teen comedy movies were all over the fucking place and as you said holy fucking uh scooby-doo mm-hmm. because a lot of people in this movie were in scooby-doo and shit so but i give the acting it was good it was solid mm-hmm. like you said hammy but it's a slasher film what can you expect from it uh the directing <laughs> what hasn't been said about this film to be honest right. with you, you know what i mean right it was good it was solid Definitely worth it. Hmm. Uh, the writing slash plot. I like Kevin it, Williamson. But I love the fact that the first scary movie like of that franchise was heavily referenced in this film the whole yeah. time. So it was hard to not yeah. see. Because I've seen Scary Movie first before I ever saw this. Right. So it was just like, oh, okay, now I get the references. Yep, because okay. Scary Movie 1 was just Scream and I Know What You Did yep. Last Summer. And like a couple other sprinklings. But once that franchise started going into mm-hmm. other genres and other yep. things... You know, Scary Movie 1 was definitely Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer. So, um, the killer. The fisherman. 
just a, a generic a guy using a fisherman's hook. I Woo. Urban Legend did it better. Yeah, when yeah. they did it, uh, I think that this was still probably one of the weakest points of the movie. Definitely a snoozer of a killer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, casting. I mean, that's do a we already said it? <laughs> uh, soundtrack. Very '90s soundtrack. Yeah. Everything fit. Uh, it was perfect in my opinion. The gore slash kills. Uh, they were kind of whack. Yeah. I, I actually found out a fact that a lot of like the blood in some of them scenes, they actually went back and redid scenes because they were like, this, this is nothing. This isn't realistic. Yeah. It's you not realistic. I mean? so. There's nothing here. This is boring. Uh, and fun fact, uh, the first guy that dies in the film with the fish hook and the, the jar where he pulls him over the yeah. counter, that was actually shot after the film was done because they just needed to add more to it because he felt that nothing was being done in the movie, so yeah. they need to add yep. something. So that tells you all you need to know about that. And then yep. the pacing. I thought it was a little too long. I was going to say, it can get fucking boring yep. after a while. Because it's, what, one hour and 40 minutes. But there's so much of the movie where it's just kind of like... It just drags. Exposition, exposition, exposition. And I'm like, why do we need so much exposition mm-hmm. in a fucking horror movie? I catch myself saying that in a lot of horror mm-hmm. movies. Like, why do we need wide-angle shots of this bitch walking through the fucking woods? Like, why do we need her hiding behind mannequins yeah. through uh, for four fucking minutes? There's, it's just, there's so much that could be kind of cut, kind of mm-hmm. tight, to make it like that Hitcher, you know, the mm-hmm. remake, that, that whole one hour, 27 minutes, boom, that's just, yep. I fucking love that. And this movie had the potential to be something like that, and it just never did for me. And I thought that the reveal was pretty fucking weak, too. Yeah. Like, you it's, think it's Freddie Pin- Prince Jr., but it's actually the just guy. the dude from the beginning of the movie. the dude from the beginning that you fucking hit with the car. Like, okay, well, that's pretty fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you want to give this movie? Like, do you think it's a pass, rent, buy? At least see it once. I think Yeah, it's a rent. I yeah, think it's, it's I, you got to see it. I don't think it's something that you have to buy. And But again, I'm going to do this like I do every time we say something that I think is a rent. If you're going to rent it for $3.99 or $2.99, if Voodoo has it on sale for $4.99, you might as well just fucking yeah. buy it. Excuse me, because this is going to be one of those movies that you're going to watch at least a couple times. Yeah. It's on fucking Stars. It's on Encore. If you've got any of those channels through your cable provider or your fucking streaming devices or whatever Yar. you have. Yeah, or Yarrit, whatever you got to do. <laughs> it's It's... It's an okay movie. Yeah. Nothing to be fucking like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I don't get the hype. Yeah. Hey, it's each their own. The hype is the cast. Yeah. The hype is the cast. That's that's what the hype is. And that's all this movie is going... That's the legacy of this movie. People are going to go into this movie thinking that it's going to be something great, mm-hmm. but it's just something mediocre. I think it's, for me at least, the way I've heard of this film before I ever watched it was... It was always compared to Scream, and Scream is yeah. a far superior... Far fucking superior movie. Yeah. Far superior franchise, mm-hmm. far superior movie. Yep. Uh, it's 2023, and the fact that there's people still debating this online, yep. because I do find this mm-hmm. in a lot of groups that that I know what you did last summer's on par with Scream. I don't think so. Not, not one bit whatsoever. So, yeah. At least run it. Yeah. Give it a shot. Or are it. At least watch it once. Yeah. The List of Doom. Each episode, we pick a theme to go along with the rest of the show. It's a top five list of movies, characters, events, music, or anything in between. Chip, you know what? You just made the list! 
Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> and welcome to the list of doom. Hell yeah, list of doom. Okay, so today's list of doom is going to be very open to interpretation. The original list of doom was like five, top five mistaken deaths or yeah. something like that. It mm-hmm. didn't really kind of fit. It mm-hmm. wasn't really something that either of us kind of was like vibing with. No. So I changed it up to like, uh, it was going to be top five highway horror films. And I was like, there's only like 10 of them. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck are we going to do with this? <laughs> so then I was like, top five highway horrors. Because that opens up to, okay, there could be a scene in a horror movie where it takes place on a highway. But the rest of the movie, it takes place in an apartment and nobody could give a fuck. Or it could be a cross-country road trip where a portion of it takes place on a highway or something. That's where I felt like this would, would end up. And I think you took it that way and so did I. Nope. Where you have a couple of them that might just be scenes in a movie or a couple of them where it might just be the movie. Nope. I have two honorable mentions. I do not. And my two honorable mentions are scenes. My top five, however, I took the more basic approach and went with the majority of the movies are on a highway or traveling across where highways are prevalent. Okay. So for my honorable mentions, it is Final Destination 2, The Logs. Of course. Of course. Uh, (laughs) And number six is Death Proof, The Car Battle. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell and the whole cast of Femme Fatales. Yep. Those are my honorable mentions. And now that I've done that and you don't have any, we're going to get into our chills <laughs> tribute for the show, where every episode we don the voice of one of the most annoying people on the internet, Chills, which we have no no disrespect no. or no hate towards. His voice is just super annoying, and we love parodying it. So for your number five, what is it? My number five is In the Tall Grass from 2019. Ooh, in the Tall Grass was so fucking close to making it for me. Oh. It's a film. I mean, technically it's a long road, but yes. whatever. It's a, a time loop film, and yes. it's got a lot of mystery. So Yes, I love that. Highly recommend. That I, was good. Didn't I recommend that to you? Yeah, you did, yeah. I watched it. Yeah, It was one of the movies that I watched this year, which I'm up to 119 so far Holy on my shit. list of movies I've seen for the first time in 2023. Very nice. Yeah. Number five for me is Zombieland from 2009. Oh, my. Dude, I didn't yeah. even think of that. Yeah. yeah. Very true. Yeah. Wow. That wow. would be my honorable mention then, yeah. Yeah, there wow. you go, man. That was fucking Zombieland, bro. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number four? Is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2003 with the opening scene. Yep. Oh, God. So. When, when they pull out from the fucking back of the head mm-hmm. the gunshot wound and everything and you see it from the back that was one of the when I saw that in theaters it was one of the most cinematographical things I've ever seen in my life up to that point we talked about it on, yeah. uh, in the archives of the show yeah we did um, my number four is Joyride from 2001 which was going which to was be our alternate dis- yep our alternate um, that movie is very much not talked about. Like I've it's, never heard of it's, it. Um, but the cast is stacked. I the looked cast it up is stacked. when you brought it up. Yeah, the cast is fucking stacked. Uh, basically, the whole plot of the movie is the brother of the main character wants to fuck around with a lonely trucker on the highway. That trucker turns out to be not somebody you wanted to fuck with. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they get into it for the rest of the movie. Hmm. 
Yep. <laughs> so what's your number three? I just realized I'm kind of sticking with some time loopy stuff, but it is a one of the earlier horror films I've ever seen called Dead End from 2003. Ooh. It's another time loop kind yep. of road situation, yep. but it features a creepy forest and a, a demon car yep. type deal. Yep. I like that because I've seen that movie. It's very good. Uh, my number three is Bride of Chucky from 1998. Wow, yeah. Because they go across the country to deliver Chucky. I didn't even think of that, yeah. Well, not across the country, but across the state. Like, you know, regardless. Still traveling long distance. Still traveling long distance, yeah. So, and it is a, they end the fucking movie on the side of the highway. Yep. (laughs) Uh, With that, what is your number two? My number two was your honorable mention, Death Proof from 2007. Kurt Russell is like one of my favorite actors. Yeah, I know, man. I know. So, yeah, that uh, I know I picked one specific scene mm-hmm. from the movie, but realistically, yes, Death Proof can be the whole fucking movie. Could that maybe be on a hidden gems? Or you think people know about it? I, it was a grind. It was part of the double feature. Oh, that's right. It was yeah, made yeah, such yeah. a big deal. You're like right. I, what we got machete out of that. We're getting Thanksgiving out of that. Mm-hmm. The, there's been like four movies made from those trailers. Yeah. I would love to consider it a hidden right. gems. But because so many things have spun out of it and so much was made about that, God, it wouldn't feel right. But it I would. Agree. It, yeah. oh, but it was yeah. so fucking good. Fair point. Number two for me is From Dust Till Dawn, 1996. I didn't think about that either. <laughs> that is one of those films where it's like the first half could be its own yeah. like horror movie in itself. Yep. I almost yep. feel like the vampire part of that film like ruined it. For a bit, for for a little bit, right? But it's still a right. fantastic film. I, yeah, because they they they're they're taking the trip yep. and you know they're trying to hide out and there you go. I'm just not the biggest George Clooney fan. No, I, I understand that part. Um, with that, what is your number two? Number one. Number one. Yeah, I always do that. Mm-hmm. I always fucking do that. I can't win. My number one was your honorable mention, Final Destination Two from uh, Get the Fuck Out of Here. That was the first thing that popped in my brain. Right. It, it's such a classic scene. Yep. When everyone thinks yep. of Final Destination, that's probably the scene they think of the most. Yep. I, hey, no, I, I love your top five. I really do. I, as per usual, both of us bring now so much to the table that's different, and I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of different, my number one is Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. Because to me, that's a horror movie. It's not an action. You're trying to save women from being raped by a dude that wants to continue to hoard everything from everyone. And it's nothing but ultraviolence the whole fucking movie through. And it takes place yeah. on a dirt highway. I didn't even... Dude. You, <laughs> outside the box for those, because yeah, they all make sense. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Very nice, very nice. That was like last episode yours. Yours fucked me up, so I went and I tried yeah. to fuck you up this time. <laughs> I love how we keep doing that to each other. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed our list this week. Very nice. Both of them are very good. Very good, sir. <laughs> but I don't feel like smiling. Horrors of gaming. Each episode, we pick a theme to go along with the rest of the show. It can be a list dissection or a game that stands out for us to discuss. Imagine a night. I hope this was the right thing to do. Where every decision. What the 
what was that? And every single action. I just saw someone at the cabin. Affects your fate. Very funny. Guys, come And the on. fate of those around you. Ah! Ah! Oh my god, what the hell was that? We need to go get help now. Could you live with the consequences? Choices determine who will survive. Exclusively on PS4. And welcome to the gaming portion of the show. The halls of gaming. The final yeah. segment of the show. Yeah. So as with every horrors of gaming, Josh lets me name... <laughs> the <laughs> the the stuff that he writes because Josh writes this portion of the show. And today I named it Until Dawn and How to Be a Supernatural Serial Killer in a Dope Video Game from a Company with a Great Name. Yes. Because Supermassive Games mm-hmm. is a great name for a company. So And they still make games to and this they day. Still, yeah, they do. So with that being said, sir, why don't we go ahead and jump right on into it? Until Dawn is an interactive drama horror video game that was developed by Supermassive Games in August of 2015, worldwide for the PlayStation 4. Until Dawn features a very stacked cast, featuring major movie stars such as Rami Malek, Hayden Panettiere, and Peter Storm, who has one of the craziest written last names, and I didn't want to butcher right. it, uh, to name a few. Until Dawn takes inspiration from horror movies and horror video games such as Evil Dead 2, Poltergeist, I know what you did last summer, Heavy Rain, Resident Evil, and Silent Hill. Yes, it does. Until Dawn gives you control of eight different characters who are longtime friends throughout the game who survive on Blackwood Mountain until they can be rescued at dawn because there is a severe snowstorm and because someone or something has cut the cables to the lift that the eight main characters took to reach the mountainside mansion they plan to stay at during the beginning of the game. The gameplay of Until Dawn is a combination of interactive cutscenes and third-person exploration. There are many collectibles throughout the game, such as different colored totems that show a variety of things, such as future important items or hints that could help the character survive. The game also features a popular quick-time event, uh, popular quick-time events, and a don't-move feature, which means you literally have to keep your controller completely still for a certain amount of time. The major gameplay feature for Until Dawn is that it features a butterfly effect system, which comes from the choices the player makes for the characters throughout the game. It can be from a decision as small as throwing a snowball to moral choices that can determine the fate of every character. Some choices can lead to a sequence of new events that the player didn't experience on their first playthrough, which could lead to unforeseen consequences. The choices the player can make also affect the story's tone and relationships between the eight characters. You can make some characters antagonistic towards each other, or you can make them all the best of friends. One of the most unique features of Until Dawn is that it has a permanent death feature. That means that if a player does not make the right choices, all eight characters can die by the end of the game. To continue even when the character dies during the story, the narrative still continues and will adapt to these changes. Uh, the game changes in the game will continue and if you think you're a smarty pants and try to reload the checkpoint to save a particular character supermassive games already has you beat because until dawn has a heavy autosave feature that will stop you from cheating so the only way to save a character is to restart the game completely with that said put on your warmest winter gear and see if you and your friends can survive blackwood mountain and remember you are not safe 
until dawn. Oh, yeah. So, this is something that you've been waiting to fucking gush about for months. Yeah. Whether it is Horror Tube, whether it is Horror Wars, you have been wanting to talk about this game for so long. And, sir, we're finally here. Well, the reason, it, you know, I've always wanted to talk about it is because it's literally a movie. Yeah. It's seriously just an interactive yeah. movie. Like, yeah, you control characters and stuff, but... The Butterfly Effect, the actual movie, is one of my fave movies, yep. and I've always enjoyed stuff like that, the what-if scenarios, and there yep. are, I believe, a hundred-plus endings Jesus. per you know, per each character, and like the combination of who survives throughout the entire game. Wow. And one thing that I think that you would enjoy is that some of the endings are how I talked about um, you can make the relationships different. You get dialogue choices throughout the game, mm-hmm. and... If you're, like, mean to a character in certain points, they won't help them in, like, super dire situations. Really? Throughout that, throughout Until Dawn, you can see all the references to Saul, Resident Evil, even some of the names in it are references to other, you know, I guess horror media, you could say. Okay. But the reason I always think that, that any person could like it, because you could watch it on YouTube as a movie in itself. You said that before, yeah, and... Not to cut you no, off, but that's good. something that I wanted to do this mm-hmm. week before we stopped and, you know, talked about this today, but I unfortunately did not get the chance right. to because um, I didn't really have a lot of time here this week. I watched both Hitcher movies and all that at work yeah. this week, so I've, I've been really pressed for time on things, so I do apologize I, that I didn't get a chance to see fine. the thing yet, but I am going to watch it and we can discuss, like, a little bit more yeah. in depth for me on Hard the tube. hard tube side. Yeah. So that's something that we can look forward to next week with Hartube on that respect. But I want you to continue gushing about the game. So what about the game draws you into it so much? Because this is something that like you you've really said for a while how this is one of those so deeply ingrained games mm-hmm. that it just pulls you in. What what about that? It's, I think I think it's the, the that butterfly effect system because before you, like the first cutscene even starts, it, it'll tell you the game relies on your choices and consequences. Right. And even my first playthrough, I'm not gonna I don't want to spoil shit. Okay. But there were characters that I thought were just like, okay, this is where they were, are they have to die in this part of the game. Everyone can make it. Everyone can die by the end. You can have all of them at the end, and something bad could happen. And there you go. And you still get a different ending with every character that either survives or doesn't. Wow. It's it's wild. It has so much replayability, and it'll drive you in because there are plenty of twists and turns to that story, dude. So why don't you think Until Dawn gets talked about a lot, Len? Oh, a lot then, because I do hear it in certain right. circles, but I don't hear it get, like, really full-on discussed by a ton of people all the time. I think it's because it's almost like the, per, you know, the... Everyone knows about Heavy Rain, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That game is essentially the same thing, interactive movie. And I feel like that was, that's held in such high regard, Heavy Rain, is that Until Dawn, it just, you can kind of feel it be a mesh of a bunch of different horror things. Okay. So it, it's it's a unique story and take on it, but it's also a little cliched, too. Okay. Um, Which we'll get more into the next time we discuss it. So, so for, I guess we could say, spoiler purposes... This is something that I'm going to try to ask in a in a as open of a way as possible. Is it a supernatural or is it an actual person? Both. Okay. All right. I'm telling you, it, whenever you watch it, 
no matter what endings and whatever happens, hopefully whatever uh, <coughs> YouTube video doesn't spoil it in the title. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it. You won't expect the majority of it. I'm telling you right now. Okay. All right. Um. So is there is there any is there any ending that Supermassive Games has that is considered the definitive ending of the game? No. No. It's all up to you. I okay. would say whatever I think they said whatever your first playthrough is is the ending. And then the rest is like your special features. Okay. But I'm telling you, there are so many different branching paths and I like I wrote in the article, the the snowball, something as small as that can affect someone like how it affects relationships. Mm-hmm. It can make someone look at you as a bad person and not help you later in the game. Okay. It it goes that intense, I'm telling you. Okay. So then maybe I'll just do my best to not watch a video on the game, like watch a playthrough or something. Maybe I'll watch a kind of like a documentary style video on the game explaining things. And then I think Until Dawn is on the game pass. So if it is, I'll pop it on and see if I can play a couple hours of it throughout the week so I can get a good feeling for how the game works. And then we can go more into discussion on my end. Yeah, yeah. You know, next week when we do Horror Tube. Because I know on YouTube they have like, you know, until dawn full movie and then it'll right. just be right you know. so okay um when it comes to until dawn what would you give this for people that want to play it would you give it or, or or may not even know about it like would you give it a pass rent buy what would your if you have a chance to play it play it at least once it's worth it's worth it 100 percent. okay all right um and how hard is it to 100 percent? not at all it'll take a couple playthroughs but it's not like a there's no difficulty to the game it's not a real hardcore platinum chaser or it's probably just it's it's mostly collect like those totems find all of them and there's because a bunch of them that would be the thing that would be similar to every game play because with i I would imagine with a game that's got so many variables yeah it would be hard to put a hard trophy system in place because you would never know when you're going to hit it like collectibles and all that other kind of shit okay all right Another way that I can describe it is like if you've you've heard of L.A. Noir, remember that game that yeah. came out by Rockstar? Yeah. It's kind of that system where you find like clues and shit. Okay. Kind of like that. Too. Okay. All right. Cool. So, I think that'll about do it yep. for Horror Wars this week. Mm-hmm. As we already discussed, one of the portions of Horror Tube next week is going to be um, me going a little bit more in depth with Until Dawn. Uh, then one of our October episodes because we have a couple little spooky features coming up this month because yep. it's 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 my favorite month of the year. Yeah. Josh's is coming in a couple months where we're getting to our our favorite time period of the year, the last quarter of the year. Yep. Tomorrow is October first, mm-hmm. depending on when this is released, because it's either September thirtieth or October first. True. Uh, so, but episode nineteen of Horror Tube is going to be favorite horror franchise trivia, and that is going to be. Josh asking me a question about Scream and me asking him a question about Saw and then we're going to keep it going back and forth mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about Until Dawn a little bit more and whatever horror news and football news we want to discuss leading yep. into everything and then we will at that point see you again two and two. Shout out to Chuck Woolery. Shout out to Chuck Woolery <laughs> and uh, go ahead and listen to Lamont for the the sexy undertones of our ending after you hear our one blooper yep. for the day. <laughs> so we'll see you guys again in a week with HorrorTube. Bye. Bye. Even the dead laugh. Some things need to be recorded again. 
and we bring them to you at the end of every episode. Hey, you sons of fucking bitches. By order of the Peaky Blindness. <laughs> By order of the Peaky fucking Blinders. What is it he says? Hey, Tommy! 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 Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Again, my name is Lamont, and I appreciate you sticking around for this ending message. You can find me at Vilcado on Instagram. Also, be sure to follow Horror Wars on all social media platforms, including TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, and everywhere in between. If you want to leave a horror question, comment, or say something about the show, please drop us an email at horrorwarspodcast at gmail.com. See you next time, and remember, keep it classy with a dash of slashy. To hear everything that happened on that date, we'll do it in two and two. Be right back.